I want you to sit back and relax just a little bit. I don't plan on taking any more time. The Lord will uh, let us take this morning, but let's make sure we get the vision. You know, I've been telling you all throughout the last few weeks, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. So this morning, we're getting the bullseye for which God would have us to shoot at. Ephesians chapter 4, I just want you to remain seated this morning and remain focused in on the message and the passage. I believe you will see the somebody that God desires to work through in the world. The Bible says in verse number 11 of Ephesians chapter 4, the Bible says, and he gave, speaking of God, some apostles and some prophets, some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the what? The body of Christ. <clears throat> Look all down, on down if you would. The Bible says in verse 16, from whom the whole what? Body, there it is again, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the what? Of the body. There it is again. I believe Ephesians chapter 4 is showing us the somebody that God desires to work through in the day and age we live in, and that is the body of Christ. That's the church body. That is us, the believers. That is who God desires to work with in the day and age. But notice in verse 16, the Bible gives a specific way that he will work. The Bible says, working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Notice the four words we saw on the video. Every part maketh increase. I don't know about you, but uh, I still feel very young. I'm only 40 years old, uh, and my body still works very well. And man, when every piece works the way it's designed to work, everything seems to go well, and I'm able to accomplish things. But in order to do that, every part must be engaged. Every part must be in good working order. And listen, I don't believe that God is not sitting back because he can't work. I believe we're not giving God much of a body to work through. He said, I brought the body together. I had Noah for his day and Esther for her day and Nehemiah for his day. I had David for his day. And for our day, that somebody is the body of Christ. But every part has got to be engaged. I'll give you the definition of engaged this morning. It means to participate or become involved in. Every part must be engaged. Every part must be participating and involved in. And I hate to tell you this, but the standard around the world today is about 20% of the church does 90% of the work. Can I tell you, 20% is not every part. Boy, here's what the Lord put on my heart. What if every part of Central Baptist Church was engaged to make increase. What could God do with this body, this body of believers? What could God do with a body that every part made increase and every part was engaged, every part participated and was involved in the will of God? I don't believe Hattiesburg has yet to see, or Mississippi has yet to see what God could do with a fully engaged body of Christ. But understand this morning, that's a choice we all have to make. We have to decide to go from being a spectator to the will of God to a participant. 
You know, when David went to the battlefield, this is just the introduction, okay? I'll try to make the point short, but we need to get the bullseye we're shooting at, correct? When David went to the battlefield, David was a spectator. He sat back and he was watching Goliath, and after a while, it just chewed on him and gnawed on him and stirred him up. Finally, he says, you know what? I can no longer be a spectator. David had to be engaged into the need that was there. And oh, I believe every one of us ought to have the heart of David this year at Central Baptist Church if by the grace of God, he gives us a whole 2020. Why don't we resolve this morning that we're all going to be engaged. We're all going to participate. We're all going to be involved. We're all going to make increase that we give God a body that he can work with. Because I hate to tell you today, there's not much that's given to God that he has to work with. Now look down, if you would, at verse number 16. to be our theme verse for the entire year. The Bible says that every part, every part maketh increase of the body. That means it's edifying itself. Can I tell you something? This is why church membership is so important, and this is not a membership drive by no means, that you figure out where God wants you. That's why you pray about it, because God's putting together a body. And if God brings you and leads you to this place, if you are a member led by the will of God to this place, you need to be figuring out why God led you here. Because every part has a job to make increase. It says every part, not any of them, all of them. Now it's time to quit asking God for a handout. It's time we quit asking God for a handout. I told my wife the other day, I said, here's our problem. And I'm talking about my problem too. We're asking God for a handout, but we are unwilling to be hands-on. That's our problem. We're standing back and we're asking God, God, do something for us. God says, I want to do something, but I want to do something through you, but you must make the choice to be engaged. Now, understand, this is not a statement that you can make today. I'm going to be engaged in 2020. No, 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 no. Being engaged, being involved, and participating will require effort on every one of us part. Now, that's something we don't like is effort. When David went from spectator to being engaged, he had to put forth effort, did he not? He had to go and pick up the rocks. He had to get the sling. Now, God would do his part, but God worked. Listen, God worked through the efforts of David. He worked through that. Think about Esther. Esther just couldn't sit back and say, well, God's going to do something. No, Esther had to go into the king, which was not convenient. Esther had to put forth effort, and God honored her effort. And oh, he delivered his people. We can't ask God for that handout if we're unwilling this morning to be hands-on. And so what we're going to do in the message very simply is this. I'm going to show you the efforts of the engaged in verse number 16. The efforts of the engaged. Now understand this. These three things we're going to look at this morning are things that you must choose to do. I cannot make you be engaged to be involved or to participate in the will of God for Central Baptist Church. Preacher friend of mine used to say all the time, a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. I can't guilt you into it. We've got too much of that, by the way, in church. We guilt people into stuff and we push people into stuff. No, you must choose to make these three efforts in order to be engaged. And I pray this morning that during the invitation time, by the grace of God, that you will resolve in your heart that in 2020, I'm going to be one of these parts that make increase. 
You might be one of these smaller pieces over here. You might be a great big piece and have a lot of talent. You might be a middle-sized piece. But whatever size piece you are, you ought to be resolved that this year at Central Baptist Church, I'm going to do my part to make increase to the body of Christ for the glory of God. So let's look at three things if we could. Verse number 16, the Bible says, From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, According to the effectual working in the measure, watch this, of every part maketh increase of the body. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to come and, Father, to kick our year off with the vision of what you've placed in our heart. Lord, thank you so much for showing us what you want, and I pray that you'd help us, Lord, by your grace and strength to be obedient to what you've showed us today and what will show us in the message. I pray that you would stir hearts, Lord, in a way that only you can. I pray that, Father, we would make a decision today that, Lord, we're going to be engaged. We're not going to be uh, spectators anymore to the will of God. We're going to do our part. The Lord will give you something to work with in the new year, for it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, notice, if you will, at the end of verse number 16, we see what we're shooting for here. The goal is at the end of 2020 that our church make increase. Now, tonight I'm going to show you, we're going to get into specifics of how we desire and believe God can make increase in our church. And I want you to understand, it's far more than numerically. Far more than that. By the way, we've got more than enough right here this morning to do the will of God. We've got more than enough, all right? So we're not talking about numerically. We're talking about growing in the will and the grace of God. So we want to make increase. But how did we get there? Well, there's three words that we're going to preach on this morning at the beginning of verse number 16 that I believe will show us how we can be engaged. The Bible says, from whom the whole body, and watch the next word. The Bible says, fitly joined together. Fitly joined together. Now notice all of these pieces that are here. By the way, I appreciate our men who worked on this, Brother Lapone and the Blasiolos help us get all this together. It's amazing. My brain just kind of throws up on a piece of paper, and these guys turn it into something. And I appreciate all of their hard work. They did real good with that and worked overtime to get all of this there. We'll have a visual representation of what God wants to do here. But notice these pieces that are up here this morning. These are all different size pieces. They're different size parts. But notice they didn't get that way by accident. Matter of fact, Brother LaPone picked up these sheets of plywood from Home Depot, if I'm not mistaken, and they didn't look anything like that when he picked them up. But he took them home and he did his, his, his masterful work that he does there uh, with his business, and he churned these pieces out. But here's what I want you to see. Before these pieces could be used here, just as a visual representation of what we're seeking to do this year, they had to be prepared all right? These pieces had to be what verse 16 says, from whom the whole body fitly. Notice there's some fitting that is necessary for the pieces to make increase. Now, number one this morning, the first choice that you're going to have to make, that I'm going to have to make, if we seek to be engaged in the new year, if we seek to make increase in the new year, number one, you must choose to be fitted for your part. You must choose to be fitted for your part. You say, well, what do you mean? Well, I had a slide up there during the video, and one of the slides showed the clock mechanisms working. As we begin praying about the vision for the new year, and God began to put that on my heart, look, I'm only 40. I still have an imagination. I don't know what age it goes away, but I still got mine. And uh, my brain began to see all of the pieces of a clock working together. And how that clock has a singular purpose. And that clock's purpose is to tell time. But behind the scenes and below the surface of that clock, 
are all of these intricate pieces working together for a sole purpose. Can I tell you, those pieces did not get that way by accident. The pieces that worked together in the teeth of the gears and the sprockets that worked together, they were manufactured by their designer to work that way. Now, here's our problem this morning. We desire to be used of God. We desire to be a part of this church. By the way, I hope that's the case. That we all desire to be a part that makes increase. But here's our problem. We don't like being fitted. We don't like being shaped and molded and prepared by God. Can I tell you why my elbows work so well? And you know, I got an elbow here and a wrist here. And we've got all of these joints working together here. God designed it that way. It's amazing. Look, you folks who think that evolved that way. Look, come on, really? Really? I mean, you see how all of this works and it works together. And most of the time, I can walk across the room without falling down. All of these pieces are, why? Because they were designed that way. Things work well when they function as according to the design of the designer. Now, folks, here's the problem. The reason the church today is not functioning the way that God designed it is because we don't like being fitted. We don't like God going in and messing up the way that we have things, the way that we like them. I was thinking just this morning about my lovely wife, who's now sitting on the left side. I don't know why. You folks on the right, Reagan, you must have offended them because they moved all the way over here to the left side today. She does that to keep me on my toes. You know, she's thinking because I turned 40, I'm going to lose track of her. I got you. I figured you out. And thinking about my lovely wife this morning and, and how much of a blessing she is to my ministry and how much of a blessing she is to me. I mean, she's everything that I'm not. She's organized. She's beautiful. She's helpful. And uh, she's just a wonderful person. And I'm thinking about my wife today and how much she has contributed to my life and my daughter's life and my ministry over the past almost 15 years. It's just amazing how that accidentally happened that way. No, do you know what the Bible calls her? The Bible calls her my helpmeet. You see, she was created for me and I was created for her. And we work so well. I know some husbands and wives, they can't work together. You know, man, me and my wife work well together. It's almost like we were made for each other. Now, isn't that what the Bible says in Genesis God looked at old Adam and he says, oh, oh. he said, he's going to need some help. He said, he's got some voids in his life. He's got some things missing in his life. And you know what? I'm going to make him a help me. The Bible says for him, for him, Eve was fitted for Adam. And that's the way, by the way, that God designed it then and still intends it to be now. One man, one woman. That's the way the designer, by the way, look, you can't redefine it if you didn't invent it. God invented marriage so he can define it as he pleases. And you can't redefine the church either. He invented it too. All right? And so if we're going to be the church that fulfills the will of God, we've got to follow the model of the one who designed it. And the one who designed it says, look, I can fit all of these pieces together to make a body that I can work through to the likes of which, by the way, that I don't believe our world has seen in a long, long time. Why? Because we refuse to be fitted. You see, in order to be fitted, ooh, here's the tough part. 
In order to be fitted, in order for you to go from a sheet of plywood that's not very useful to something that has shape and something that has use, in order for you to be fitted, you've got to be yielded to a fitter. Do you get that? In order for you to be fitted into what God wants you to become so that you can be a part that makes increase, you've got to be yielded to the one who has the saw and wants to cut out the shape that he desires. The first choice this morning, you must choose to be fitted. You must choose to be exactly what God wants for you. And by the way, God wants for you what's best, even if it defies what you think is best. God knows what's best. This is why 2 Timothy, the Bible tells us if we want to be a vessel that's meat for the master's what? Use. Can I ask you just a, a simple question? Is there something inside of you this morning that wants to be used by God? I, I sure hope so. I sure hope so. If, if there's not a little pilot light burning in there, a desire to be used of God, something's bad wrong. Because even when I'm out of the will of God, there's still a desire that for God to do something through my life. If you want to be used by God, what does the Bible say in 2 Timothy? Meet for the master's use. All right, that's the end, the usefulness at the end of that verse. At the beginning, the Bible says, if a man therefore will purge himself of these. That means there are at times things in our life that are unuseful. They're unhelpful. And God says, I, I need to get rid of those. And boy, we're sitting out in a church service. The Holy Spirit of God will bring conviction on our life. And we tell God, go away. We tell God, hands off. My wife was getting all this food together for the baby shower yesterday. And why she can't cook extra and let me have it before, I don't know. She lets me have the leftovers after. I don't see what's the difference in getting it after or getting it before. I'll walk through the kitchen and she'll have all these little pretty desserts laid out there. And it's almost like she can see me through the walls, hands off. She got me this Apple Watch for my birthday. I'm beginning to think there's a camera on it. And somehow she's watching me through that. I may should turn it upside down where she can't see. Hands off. Don't touch it. Leave it alone. That's how we are with God. God, watch this, Holy Spirit of God comes up and down each row and down each aisle through the service, the preaching of his word. And he goes inside of our heart and he says, hey, I need to knock this piece off right here. And you're like, hands off. God says, this piece of whatever in your life is not useful. I can't use that. I need to knock that off. And he's trying to fit us. He's trying to fit us for what? For use. Let me tell you something to make you feel special this morning. You may not feel very special today, but you're special to God. Why? Because you're part of the body that he desires to use to reach this world. We're sitting around and we're waiting. Where's God going to send somebody? Where is our Esther? And where is our Gideon? And where is our Nehemiah? God says, tag, you are it. And God wants to mold us and shape us and fit us. The problem is we tell God, hands off. I understand this. Look, I don't like conviction either. Oh, I don't like conviction. But you know what God is doing through conviction? That Holy Spirit of God, we're sitting there in our pew and the Holy Spirit comes up and he taps on our heart and pokes at our heart. And, oh, we don't like that. Here's what he, he's trying to fit us. He's just trying to fit us. God says, let go of that. God says, take up this. You say, well, God's trying to wreck my life. No, he's trying to give you one in his service that you'll be a contributing member where every part makes increase. I've only been fitted for two suits in my life. I usually just go to the rack, grab it off of JCPenney, and go home. 
But if things go the way they're going, I'm going to have to have some, some suits fitted before too terribly long. I used to be just kind of an average guy, but now I'm, I'm getting not above average, but out average, I guess, a little bit. And I remember going and standing there getting the suit fitted for me. And I'm just kind of standing there, and this guy comes along, and he's got chalk. And he's drawing on my suit. I'm thinking, man, what are you doing? You know, I thought it was a new worker there. I didn't know that you did that. And, and he comes along, and he's got pins, and he's thinking, man, some of those pins poked. I'm like, come on, man. He says, Mr. Andrews, you're going to be still. No, well, you're going to have to quit poking me. That's what I want to tell him. It's just a natural reaction. Somebody poking you with a pin to move, you know. I don't know where he comes from. But that's what it is in my world. I'm standing there, and he's getting the pins, and then he's cinching it up. Used to have to cinch it up around back. Don't have to do that no more. And he's getting around. He's poking me. He says, Mr. Andrews, could you please be still? I'm like, well, this hurts. He said, well, don't you want a suit that fits? I said, I think. I wasn't even sure if I wanted that anymore. Now watch. God comes up every aisle. Holy Spirit comes down every row. And boy, he begins to fit us. And we say, ouch. God says, be still. Trying to fit you. God, that doesn't feel good. He says, I'm trying to fit you. And we're like, no, God, that doesn't feel good. Leave me alone. I don't want to have to give that up. I don't want to have to give that up. I'm holding on to that. And then we sit back and we complain. And we wonder why God doesn't use us. It's because we wouldn't allow ourselves to be fitted. We wouldn't allow God to make us into what he wanted. You know, Home Depot doesn't sell these. I looked. This idea kind of popped up in the back of my head. And I knew that Brother Lapone could do it. But I really hated to throw it on him last minute. Because I really do hate doing things last minute. And I kind of floated a text out to him. And man, he jumped on it. Went to Home Depot. And got this big old piece of plywood. And... And you look at this today, I'm thinking, man, that's, that's pretty, you know I didn't do that. I'm thinking, that's pretty good. But it didn't start out that way. Somebody had to fit it. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 9 through 10, I'll give you this and I'll give you the second point. Paul is speaking to the church at Corinth and Paul says that he rejoices. Now listen close. Paul had some pretty tough stuff to say in 1 Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians, he says, I rejoice not because you sorrowed. Right? Can I tell you something real quick? It's a little secret, uh, but uh, preachers don't get excited when people get under conviction. Doesn't make me feel good that you feel bad. That's what Paul's saying. Paul says, "I'm not rejoicing that you had sorrow, but listen close." He goes on to say, "He rejoiced because the sorrow led to repentance." The Bible says, "Godly sorrow worketh repentance." Paul says, "I was glad at the conviction. Why? Because that conviction did a work in you." Now, folks, conviction doesn't always feel good. Maybe you don't feel like rejoicing. Boy, when God breaks your heart about something, God tells you to give up something. God tells you to take up something. Hey, let's just be obedient. Why? Because God's making us into something that he could use. That's number one. You must be fitted for your part. Look at verse 16 again, the second thing. The Bible says, from whom the whole body fitly. What's the next word? The Bible uses the word joined. The Bible uses the word joined. Now, it's interesting when you look at this verse, he's showing us clearly how we can be used of him. A lot of times we think of the word joined. I was thinking, okay, what do I think of when I think of the word joined? Well, a lot of times I like to hold my wife's hand. Believe it or not, she still likes to hold mine. 15 years in and whatever you said would happen, hadn't happened. We're having a good old time. Almost like God designed it that way. I like to hold her hand. I'm thinking, well, that's what he's talking about, that, that God wants all the parts to just, you know, hold hands. Said, no, not, not that. And 
You know, sometimes you join clubs, maybe you join hunting clubs, maybe you join shopping clubs, things like that. I don't know if they have shopping clubs, but if you do, I'm sure a lot of you have already joined them. It's kind of an association. But I don't think that's what he's getting at here. You look up the word join, can I tell you what it means? It's the same word that you get the word joint from, all right? These joints. The Bible says, from whom the whole body fitly joined as a joint. Can I tell you that, that this right here, this joint in my elbow, this is more than just an association. You know why my knee works pretty well? So far it doesn't squeak and it doesn't hurt when the weather turns bad. I guess that's maybe when you're 50 years old that happens, but it's still working all fine. Do you know, look, was it my femur and my tibia? Is that correct, you doctor people in here? Is that right? My femur and my tibia, I can't tell you which one is which, but there's, they're, they're there. They're not just associating together, you know? They're not just hanging out in a, a loose relationship. No, they are joint. They are joined. Now, understand this. When he says the church that every part needs to be fitted, he says, but then those fitted parts need to be joined. Here's what joined means. It means connected, fastened, or committed. Connected, fastened, or committed. The second thing this morning you must choose in order to be engaged, you must choose to be committed to your place. You must choose to be committed to your place. Notice it says the whole body fitly joined together. Look, if every part is going to make increase, every part must be committed to the place that it was designed to. You ever, you ever had a, a joint jump out, a knee jump out of joint, elbow? Oh my goodness, uh, Derek Clinton was at camp last year, year before last, and um, uh, Brother John says, we gotta take one to the hospital. I says, why? And uh, he sent me a picture of his knee, was his knee out of joint. And he wasn't crying, but I was almost crying for him. And he's sitting there, and his knee was all wonky looking, you know, and kind of pointed this way, and he wasn't able to walk on it. Why? Because it was no longer joined. It was no longer together. Now, look, I believe this morning the reason the church isn't functioning well is because we're not joined to the body as we should be. We're joined as a loose association of members who just so happen to go to the same church when the Bible says that this type of joint is a commitment. My, look, my knee, as far as I know, has been stuck in that same place for a little over 40 years. That's the type of commitment God wants from his members God says, I don't want just a loose, a loose association. No, I want you to be joined. As a matter of fact, look across the page, chapter 5, verse 31, real quick. I want to show you the very same word and look at the context that it's in. <clears throat> For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife. There's the exact same word. It's the exact same word. He says, I want you to be joined or committed to the place that I designed you for. It's the same level of commitment as a husband and a wife. Can you imagine this morning having the type of commitment to your wife that you do your church? How would that look? Can I ask you, are you and your spouse committed or are you just associated? Oh, look, I'm more than just associated with that lady right there. I get to go home with her. I'm committed. I follow her. I even follow her around the grocery store. She wants me to to push the buggy. I thought that she's like my company, but no, she just wants me to push the buggy and load the groceries. But that's all right. I like being around her. Why? Because we're committed. We have been joined. 
Folks, we have redefined what it means to be a church member. A church member today is just an association when God says, I want you to have a commitment as a joint, as a husband and as a wife. I discovered something when I was preparing the message. Never thought of before, but it makes great sense. There's a difference between contributing and committing. Listen close. There is a difference between contributing to something and committing to something. You know, when David came to the battlefield, his dad says, take your brother some bread and some cheese. And David went to contribute, did he not? He went to contribute. But when he got there and he saw the need that was there, he just couldn't help but commit himself to it. I believe most of the time today in the church, let's be honest, okay? Let's not get our feelings hurt. Let's just be honest a little bit. We're more of contributors than committers. We come and we contribute a warm body to a soft chair and a few dollars in the offering plate, which is fine, and, and that's all part of it. But what are we doing to make increase? Me and Ms. Pam were talking the other day about some of the things we're going to talk about tonight, the specifics for our church in the new year. We've got to ask the question, how many things do we do that have ministry value? What are we producing for the kingdom of God? What type of increase are we making? God has fitted us, but we've got to commit to the place to not just be a contributor, but commit to it that whatever it needs, I'm going to make increase. Story one time years ago, and it said this. It said there was a chicken and a pig. and had a nice farmer. It had a nice pen for them and had a nice little house for them. And he fed them every day, and the chicken looked over at the pig, and the, the chicken says, you know what? He's been so nice to us. He comes out, and he gives us our medicine when we need it, and he gives us a roof when, we're, when it's wet and rainy and it's cold, and he's just so nice. Why don't we do something for the farmer? That's nice of the chicken, wasn't it? Let's just do something for the farmer. So the pig says, I think it's a great idea. I love the farmer. He comes out and he, he scratches my back, you know, and boy, I enjoy that so much and gives us good feed. Doesn't feed us scraps, man. He gives us that store-bought feed and, you know, I want to do something for him too. He said, what do you think we ought to do? He said, well, we can't really make anything, you know. I think, I think we should do what he loves most. And the pig says, well, what is that? The chicken says, well, he loves a good breakfast. I think the best thing we could do for that farmer is make him breakfast. The pig says, that's a great idea. Hey, if you're going to get somebody a gift, get them what they want, all right? And they like breakfast. My wife's one of those people. She loves breakfast any meal of the day. And so the chicken says, all right, I got an idea. Why don't we cook him a bacon and eggs breakfast? The pig says, hey, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. And then he thought of thinking about it. He says, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. Bacon, bacon, bacon? He was probably thinking about turkey bacon, you know? That ain't real. That ain't really bacon. It's just smoke-flavored turkey. He says, wait a minute now. You, you're asking me to make a commitment when all that you're willing of doing is making a contribution. Big difference, isn't it? Do you know what the difference in a commitment and a contribution? One costs you more. One's going to cost you more. Oh, look, there's nothing wrong with contributing to whatever we can and when we can. But sooner or later, if you're going to be a, a engaged, be part of every part that makes increase, sooner or later, you've got to be a, make a commitment. My knee is committed to the spot that it's at. This bone and this bone, they're joined that are there. That's what the commitment of the church ought to be. The Bible says that every part, fitly joined together. I think about Esther. 
Esther didn't just make a contribution to Israel's deliverance. Esther made a commitment. So how do you know? Because right before she went in unto the king, she says, if I perish, I perish. That's a commitment. That's not a contribution. If I perish, I perish. David ran down toward Goliath. He wasn't just making a contribution. He was committed to it. Now, folks, can I ask you this morning, are you a contributing member or have you made that commitment? One of my favorite characters in all the Bible is the armor bearer of Jonathan. First Samuel chapter 13 and 14, you'll read about how Jonathan gets a little bit restless. He's a soldier and he's ready to fight. And Jonathan looks over his armor bearer and he says, man, he says, oh, and this is, by the way, this is just paraphrase. You're not going to find it that way in the Bible. He says, man, I, I want to go over and do something. I'm a soldier. I'm ready to fight. And he looks at his armor bearer and he basically says, what say you? And the armor bearer says to Jonathan, he says, I am with thee. Do all that's in thine heart. He said, I'm with you. Just two men to go over to an entire garrison of Philistines. And oh, God worked. Why? Because they were committed. Imagine the armor bearer says, look, I'll pray for you while you're gone. I'll contribute my prayers. Nothing wrong with that. I appreciate prayers. But sooner or later, you've got to make a commitment of self. And that's why we don't, because self cost us. Hebrews 10, 23, the Bible says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith, for faithful is he that promised. The Bible says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Why? Because faithful is he that has promised. Can I tell you, God will be faithful to his promises if we will be faithful to our place. God wants to work through you, but he can't work through you if you're not here. Judges 7, we see Gideon, one of my favorite verses, where the Bible says, every man stood in his place. Every man, the book of Judges chapter 7, every man stood in his place. God worked. Why? Every man was in his place. The other day, I got a little buzz on my watch, and this thing buzzes all the time. I'm not even sure what all the buzz. Matter of fact, it buzzed the other day, and it told me, stop and breathe. I'm thinking, boy, what a sad society we live in, where you have to have technology to remind you to breathe. Some people, oh, anyway... It got this thing, and I believe I have a picture of it. I want to show it to you real quick. I took a picture because I, I, thought it, I found it amazing. It says, activity, stand goal achieved. Go, what does that mean? And my name, by the way, is Preacher Man. On my watch, it says, you reached your goal, your stand goal, Preacher Man. Nice job. <laughs> well, thank you very much. <laughs> I don't know who sent me that, but I appreciate them keeping up with me and letting me know that they appreciated the fact that I met my stand goal. Oh, amazing how God can use anything for an illustration. It made me wonder if God sent me a message, would it say the same thing? Have I reached my stand goal? Have I been committed to my place? Folks, look, God wants to work through this body, but we've got to be fitted for our part. Then we've got to be committed to our place. I've been telling you for three weeks. I don't have to have an army. I just need to know what we have to work with. The Bible says this, and I'll give you the last thing in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 18. The Bible is speaking about this body. The Bible says that God set the members as it pleased him. God set the members as it pleased him. That means God put you in the place that you're at because that is what pleased him. It's showing us there is a specific place that I belong. Look, I don't want to lose anybody this morning. 
But if this is not your place, figure out where it's at because some body is missing you. God wants to work through that body, but they're waiting for all the pieces to come together. I hope we have all of our pieces here together, and I hope we continually add to the body that is here. But we need the pieces that are here to be here. Verse 16, from whom the whole body, here goes again, notice the word, fitly, joined. What's the last verse, last word? The Bible says together. Fitly, joined, together. So what are we looking at? We're looking at simply this thought, how do we be engaged How do we be engaged? How do we participate? How do we become involved? The Bible says in order for every part to make increase, they've got to be fitted. Can I ask you, would you have the spiritual fortitude and boldness and courage to bow before an almighty God today and say, fit me as you would see fit? Put me where you want me. Would you be willing to go to him and say, God, I have not been committed to my place. I have not been joined, all right? Not talking about membership. I'm talking about in service. I have not been committed to the place that you've called me. I'm not accomplishing much. But then notice the last part is very, very important, the word together. What's interesting is the first two points really deal with the individual roles. But now we shift over to a collective purpose. You see, it's important that you be fitted And that you be committed because the purpose that we have is one. Look, you've got to. You've got to let God commit you. You've got to, I mean, fit you. You've got to let God mold you and shape you. Why? Because in order for you to do the job he's called you to do that's going to feed the purpose, you've got to let God have his way. But when you don't, notice who suffers. The Bible uses the word together. This is all of us. Only by submitting to our roles, our individual roles, can we fulfill the collective purpose. So number three, you must choose to be submitted to our purpose. You must choose to be submitted to our purpose. Now, I called Brother Jonathan this morning. I said, I want you to change my notes. I gave them to him yesterday. I did have on the notes that to be fitted to your part or our part and to be committed to our place and to be submitted to our purpose, I says, change the first two to your. But the last one, leave it as our. Can I tell you this morning, the job that God's called us here to do is bigger than any of us individually. We have a purpose. It's a singular purpose. Now, we have a collective, look, look at the fruit of it. The Bible says, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. When we get in our place and be committed to our place, we'll fulfill our collective purpose and the whole body gets edified because you were fitted and you were committed. You submitted yourself to the purpose. I'm not going to tell you exactly what it is, but Ms. Bolt makes one of my favorite dishes in the whole world. Don't ask her what it is, all right? Don't ask her what it is. But it's one of my favorites. And she gave me some yesterday. I'm sitting back in the back bedroom studying, and my stomach begins to growl. That's the signal. That's the bat signal that I'm hungry. I know it well. And so I decided I was going to go to the refrigerator and get some of that food. So I get up. I walk down the hallway. It was amazing. My toes did their job, my feet did its job, my legs did their job, my hips did their job. I went to the refrigerator and I grabbed the handle of the refrigerator and my fingers did their job and I pulled it and my elbow did its job and I reached into the refrigerator to get some of the food and I pulled it out and I walked over to the counter and I set it down on the counter and my fingers pulled back the the, the lid on the food and 
I got a spoon out of the drawer and I put some of the food on the plate and I got some chips and I, I dipped it in the food. You're wondering what it is. Some of you just woke up for the first time today. We're talking about food. <laughs> Your mouth's watering and you don't even know what it was. I'm not going to tell you. I went and sat down on the couch and I ate the food. I'm, I'm not trying to be gross, okay? But do you know what a burp is? A burp is your stomach saying thank you. That's what it is. Some of you, God designed it that way. A burp is your stomach saying thank you. Now, here's what was neat. My stomach, man, it was hungry. I didn't really need it, but I was hungry. Watch, my whole body worked together to go and supply the need that my stomach had. It edified the whole, probably edified the body too much, you know, a little bit. But they all worked together. To fulfill, my stomach doesn't have legs. My stomach doesn't have a hand. My stomach doesn't have eyes. So it depends on the body to do its part. Now, folks, can I tell you, when the body works together to edify itself, it's a beautiful thing because that's the way that God designed it. Verse 16, the last part says, Every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. You see, the increase that Central Baptist Church needs to see in the new year is going to be a group effort. Not just numerically, that's part of it. Not just numerically, I'm talking about spiritual growth. We've all got to do our part. There's people right now over in the Spanish church, they're doing their part. Uh, Brother Matthews and his family up there in the children's church, they're doing their part to make increase, to grow Central Baptist Church and to the body that God could use to make a difference in this town. It's all working together. But the only hope that we have for this church is to submit ourselves to a purpose that's greater than ourself. Think about how many reasons, all the reasons why we're not fitted. Think about all the reasons that we're not committed. I'll guarantee you most of them begin with the letter I. I just don't feel like getting up and going to church today. I don't feel like going tonight. I don't feel like going on Wednesday night. I don't feel like sitting around a bunch of those other hypocrites that are there. I just don't care for your preaching. I understand all of that. But look, the purpose that we're called to is much bigger than any I in this room. We've got to realize that what God's calling us to is bigger than all of us. And if we get selfish, if we get selfish, can I tell you what selfishness always leads to? Selfishness always leads to self-destruction every time. Throughout the last five years for sure, but many, many years of ministry, we go through and we start sifting out marriage counseling, what the problems are there, and we see marriage is self-destructing. They oftentimes was at the root of it, selfishness. I want what I want. I don't care about the whole. What's the whole? It's the home. It's the marriage. All right? And one starts saying, you know, I want this and I want that and I want this and I want that. And the marriage self-destructs. Why? Because we were selfish. It was about I instead of what mattered most was the whole, the home. Look at what's happening up there in Washington. All the special interest up there in Washington's padding the pockets of our politicians. Meanwhile, our country is getting sailed down the river. Why? Selfishness. You know why Israel lost the battle against the city of Ai? 30-something men were killed because of the selfishness of one man. He didn't think about the whole. He didn't think about the purpose. He didn't think about what could be. He just thought about himself. And his selfishness led to the defeat of Israel. Go back to the pig and chicken real quick. Look, I try to do you a favor and categorize all of the illustrations under one heading. So today's heading is pig and chicken. 
One day the pig was underneath the oak tree and he was rooting around eating the acorns and the chicken was there and the turkey was there and they're eating the acorns and as the pig, you know, pigs are just slobs. The pig's just sitting there rooting around and rooting around and he's trying to find acorns and he's rooting up the ground and tearing up the roots of the oak tree. The chicken looked down at him and says, man, look, I like these things as much as you do, but you keep digging like that, you're going to kill the tree. The pig looked up and he says, I don't care anything about the tree. All I want is the acorns. He was destroying what was going to feed them all because of his selfishness. Folks, understand this this morning. What God's will is for this church in the new year is bigger than all of us. It's going to require all of us to be willing to be submitted to one. He said, well, I don't like so-and-so. Look, there's people in this world I don't like either, but it's not worth compromising God making increase. I had a barber ask me this. I'll give you this when I'm done. I was getting my hair cut in Louisiana. <clears throat> and the barber said, you pastor the new church down the road? I said, I do. And he said, we heard about God blessing and there's more folks coming in. He said, man, it looks like the thing's really getting off the ground. I said, it is. God's beginning to blessing and God's doing a great work there. He said, let me ask you something I've always wondered. He says, how do you get so many people, different people, different walks of life, different backgrounds, different talents, how do you get so many different people to work together? I said, I don't. Man, that's, look, that's a futile effort. He said, well, then why is God blessing and how are things happening down there? I said, it's simple. We give them a purpose that's bigger than each of themselves. And that purpose is growing, was growing by you, Baptist Church, And they didn't look at themselves and whether they did fit with this guy or didn't fit with that guy. They looked at the big picture of their purpose. And they found when they sought to please God, the relationships with others seemed to work out very well. It's like a puzzle. My wife and daughter love to do puzzles. I got our new puzzle at Disney World and a picture of the castle and all this. And Do you know what gets them to get all of those pieces in their places? Get this. The big picture. The big picture. They keep looking back at that box and seeing the picture. They said, man, okay, we're going to figure out where this goes. We're going to figure out where this goes. They're not trying to match each piece with each piece. They're trying to build the big picture. Folks, I'll promise you this morning, if you will be submitted to the purpose of God, what is the purpose? That every part make increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. I want you to turn to one passage real quickly, and we're done. Turn to the book of Philippians. Turn to the book of Philippians. Just to your right, a few pages, Philippians chapter 2. And I want you to see something. The greatest example that we have to be fitted, committed, and submitted is Christ. Look down to Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 5. The Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Here's what God is saying. I want you to think about it this way. So, I, Look, it's just going to be hard for me to be fitted by God. I like who I am, but I don't want to give anything up. It's going to be hard for me to be fitted. It's going to be hard for me to be committed. I just don't know that I can do this. He says, well, think about it this way. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Verse 6, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took him upon him the form of a servant, it was made in the likeness of men. Being found in a fashion as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Can I tell you what Christ is doing in those verses? 
The Bible says he took upon the form of a servant. He was fitted. God had a purpose for his son. Now, before we get all high and mighty about being fitted into whatever part God has for us in this church, Christ has already gone before us. The very Son of God stepped down from glory, stepped down from his throne. The Bible says he came down and he put upon flesh. You know what he was doing? He was setting the example that, hey, we've got to be fitted for the will of God. In just a minute, when the Holy Spirit begins to move in your heart, I hope he does, I hope he's already moving. And the pianist begins to play, I hope that you'll not resist at all being fitted, of taking the form of a servant. The Bible says he was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, there's our problem, and became obedient unto death. Do you know what becoming obedient unto death is? It's committed. Not only was he fitted, but he was committed unto death. And then notice the last part, even the death of his cross, of the cross. That's submitted to his purpose. He was submitted to it. Submitting is giving way to, he says, this is my purpose. I'm going to be fitted into the part that my father wants me to play. I'm going to be committed to the place that God has called me to serve And I'm going to be submitted to his purpose all the way to the death of the cross. My question this morning is this. Oh, it burns in my heart. It's been burning in my heart for several months now. What could God do with a body that was engaged? That every part, every part says, I am willing to choose. I submit to be fitted for my part. God, whatever you want, fit me, mold me, make me to whatever you want me to be. And then what if every part was committed? I'm not talking about a loose association. I'm talking about committed like a joint, committed like a marriage. I'm going to be committed to the place that God's called me to be. And then I'm going to submit myself to the purpose. I believe the will of God with all of my heart is that in 2020, Central Baptist Church be engaged, fully engaged. There's no way we will reach our full potential if we're not fully engaged. And that begins in the heart and the lives of all of those that are here today. Will you be fitted? Will you be committed? And will you be submitted to the purpose of what God is calling us to do today in this place? Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Let's stand together.